Hello, this is Barry Winbolt with another edition of my podcast, Get a Better Handle on Life. Today, I'm going to be talking to Adele Leah. She's a transformational coach who's appeared on this podcast once before. It was so interesting, I thought we had a lot more to discuss. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of personal development in your career. Because it's probably more important than any other single aspect of career development, according to surveys and what employers are looking for. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Now, before I jump in, I'd just like to say, if you enjoy this podcast, pass it on to others, why don't you, or subscribe. And I'd also relaunch an appeal that if you've got anything you'd like me to talk about, or you'd like to talk to me about, either on the podcast or privately, that would inform a podcast in some way, I'd be very happy to have that conversation. Just get in touch with me at info at barrywinbolt.com and we'll set up a Zoom call and have a chat. I'd really look forward to that. So, coming back to the topic today. Hello Adele. Lovely to see you and hear you again. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Personal development relative to your career. Well, thank you for having me again. Always, always nice to chat with you, Barry. So I've been thinking lately about this question of um, personal development in relation to career. And I know that's one of your fields. In fact, you're very knowledgeable about it. So I thought I'd seek your opinions. You know, there's a lot of focus on professional development. So first of all, what's the difference between professional development and personal development, would you say? I think kind of in a nutshell, professional development is those hard, tangible skills that we develop to progress our career. And the personal development is more the human skills. I actually think they go hand in hand, but I don't think there's enough kind of knowledge or foresight really on, okay, if I have more of these human skills, how's it going to help me? Whereas it's kind of like if I do a management training or a leadership training, there's kind of tends to be more of a direct correlation to I can then go for that job or if I get Sigma 6 or a skill that is put on your CV. Whereas those human skills, now soft skills, they're not being talked about as soft skills anymore because they're definitely not soft. Um, But those kind of human skills, it's you know, if I invest in my increasing my personal development, my human skills, how is that tangible in relation to my career development? And indeed, there is research now to show that it is tangible and that it affects yes. the bottom line of the company companies you work for as well, if yes, they invest definitely. in that sort of development in their staff. And thinking about it now, the way you've described it, if you think of somebody who goes into a job and the sorts of problems that you and I hear about in coaching professionals in their careers, or problem solving in my case, the sorts of problems you get are not going to be about their technical skills. Yes. They, they don't come to us and say, oh, I need help learning Excel or improving my, you know, my knowledge of my field. They come to us saying, I'm having trouble with a colleague or I'm worried I'm not making a, a sufficient progress in my career, don't they? So they're related to people, not skills and things. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And also, you know, if we look at kind of the um, personal development, that's really where it should start because that helps us grow as a person to then be able to apply kind of that new version and improved version of ourselves into the more technical, tangible training skills. You know, on management and leadership courses, yes, we're going to get some knowledge of some of those human skills, but we're not necessarily working on ourselves on those human skills to then be a better leader. We just have more knowledge of leadership or of management rather than us really developing ourselves. Yes. For me, when I delve into the kind of personal development for, for me, but also with, you know, clients I work with, it's actually about increasing our knowledge and understanding and conscious awareness of ourselves to be a better person to then be able to do something different and have the outcome that we're that we're looking for and i think the kind of reframe from this soft skills to human skills maybe human skills still isn't the right term for it but i think that's putting more of a shining more of a light on actually increasing my human skills because they're seen as important. I've always thought that the term soft skills is pretty dismissive and particularly when you are thinking of it from the perspective of an employer, whether it's in HR, whether it's management somewhere else. But the idea that you can say, oh, we need to help our staff develop soft skills just makes it sound unimportant. And yet survey after survey shows that those are the very things, communication, insight, creativity. You know, these are all things that employers seek in their employees. And I think your idea of calling them human skills actually focuses us on the idea that we're dealing with people here in our our organisation. You know, these are people with feelings, with internal lives, if you like, that need cherishing and nurturing for them to be the best people they can be a very important aspect just reframing that as human skills rather than soft skills yeah and I think you know nowadays there's a bit more of a kind of understanding from businesses on this but probably not enough as there should be and when you see you know the job descriptions (laughs) that are out there there's not that focus on the, that kind of human skills that are needed for the job, they're kind of taken as as given, but it, and it yet it's not something that you know a lot of companies are training on, and it's certainly not something that I think the education system. Which you have to be careful because this is one of my soapbox topics, but it's not something I think the education system's putting enough emphasis on. Really building that you know those inner human skills, really understanding communication, resilience, um, having you know in in the workplace. Often we have to have difficult conversations. We have to have some, you know, conflict management. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have to be able to take feedback. So having a level of, you know, emotional intelligence, being critical thinking, problem solving, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things I don't think are kind of addressed as much as they should be in the typical education system. Although saying this, I am seeing more and more with a lot of the kind of bespoke training courses that are coming out to fill the skills gap these are looking at how do we develop their human skills alongside these kind of hard tangible skills that they need um, to fill these gaps so I think it's going to be kind of an exciting time over the next five to ten years to see how does this come into play 
particularly mm. as more and more, um, you know, there's more research on if we have happy, healthy employees, the productivity level goes up. And to do that, it's not just about they're better at Excel, they've got the next project management level that they can do the job. It's more about who are they being as a person um, to do the job. Well, it just occurs to me now that we've come through a very difficult time. And actually, there will be a generation of people who have come into the workplace. I mean, young people who've started their first job, say, during lockdown, and then have been for various reasons, perhaps working from home more than they would otherwise have been. And a lot of that kind of social skills development won't be happening for them, you know, interacting with colleagues, resolving mini disputes, just learning the protocols of the workplace, really. Yeah. It just occurs to me that that's going to leave a bit of a black hole in a way for a certain group of people. It may not be a huge group of people, but it points to the fact that if you are in that situation where you work predominantly alone or in a very focused job where you don't have social interaction on a regular basis through your work, then perhaps you need to do something to compensate for that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's kind of the employee and the employer both taking responsibility for this. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're in that world of work where you've not got that interaction, it's actually putting your hand up and suggesting some kind of team interaction, even if it's just a meet-up on zoom where you getting to know each other rather than it's just work meetings but i think also from you know an employer's perspective it's them actually thinking about okay how do we make sure that there's that there's that integration um what i've i saw happen and you know i had a number of people contact to me um when they were working from home on their own and they weren't having those social interactions and it was just work emails or they're working on slack channels Often there's a real misperception of the tone of voice that's being used in emails um, and, you know, really working with people on being able to take the emotion out of those interactions. Because sometimes, you know, I think we can possibly all put our hand up and say we're guilty of just quickly firing an email over, not really thinking about the, the user on the other side of the email. And it's not meant to be sharp. But when you're sitting at home all day on your own and you've not, you know, having even going grabbing a coffee with somebody and it can just feel like you're being bombarded with requests to do things or information without those kind of pleasantries and I think um, you know and again that's perhaps the lack of um, in the workplace the focus being on how do we build those human skills to make sure that we've got that emotional intelligence and conscious awareness of our interactions across all forms of, of communication. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that has been said to me as in my career as a consultant in organisations over the years, when I speak to individuals, there was a feeling that actually it's up to our employers to give us this stuff, you know, to give us training opportunities and all of that. And my response to that was, well, I totally disagree with that. Because if you wait around for that to happen, it, you could wait a long time. But also, Surely we all want to take responsibility for ourselves and, and doing the best we can and to be prepared. I mean, I think we have to take responsibility. Um, but I do, you know, and when I, I, gosh, I worked in recruitment for 15 plus years, the amount of people that came in and said, you know, my managers haven't looked to give me any training and development. 
And I would say, but have you asked? Well, and I said the same thing about stress. You know, I met a lot of people who were stressed, both professionally as a therapist and also as a consultant. And I ran surveys where we'd interview all the staff. And time and again, the complaints came out and the level of stress came out and the level of dissatisfaction came out. And when I'd asked the question, have you told this person or have you told your manager, have you, oh no, you know, well, how on earth can you hold the employer responsible if they don't know? Yeah, but then I think there's a, there's a worry of being able to be vulnerable and put your hand up and say, I'm, I'm struggling a bit with this, or I could do with some support. I think this is getting better. I don't think it's it's where it needs to be at all. I think this is getting better. You know, there's a lot more talk about, and I hate the term mental health issues in, in the workplace. It's just growth. Yeah. You know, it's personal mm. growth. It's personal development issues. You know, I think there's a lot of feeling like you have to go into work and everything's fine and you've got it all sorted and a bit scared in a sense to say, I don't know, or... Yeah you know what, I need a day off today because of whatever. So I think that needs to to massively change. I think if we want, as employers, if people are thinking we want better human skills in our business because we know that it helps employee engagement, which increases productivity, then there also has to be this level of understanding of people and of situations Mm, where you can say, I'm actually, I'm stressed at the moment. I need to just take a day off um, and rest or or whatever um i think you know and if we look at um you know stats around employee engagement if we look at stats around um you know some of the mental health issues happiness at work um i think it's a situation that really needs to be addressed much more particularly coming off the back of the pandemic and people working from home i do see the world of work changing i don't think it's changing fast enough to keep up with you know, how we're living today. I think it's still very much set in how we used to live, which has totally changed. You know, we've talked quite a lot about implied employer responsibility. But while you're waiting for it all to change, while one is, and it will inevitably be slow, I guess, um, we can also be part of that change. Something I'm saying in my work all the time is, don't wait. Act in the way that you're expecting others to act towards you. So if you want people to be more tolerant, if you want people to be kinder, if you want to be, you know, don't hang about. You could also demonstrate that to other people and it might ripple out in your group or your team. Or, And I also think teams can talk about this together and take, take it into their own hands. And I don't mean gossip and uh, naysay, but I think that teams can actually talk internally about how they want collectively to address things like stress for example or like the need for perhaps they're short-staffed all of a sudden so I think you know it's very much a collaborative effort isn't it it's not just them or us yes definitely definitely a collaborative uh, effort and you know feeling okay to put your hand up and you know and talk about it if you're a leader or a manager to be looking at actually what do, what support systems do we have in place for when there's you know busy periods when um you know have we got something if people if people are stressed and try and push that kind of up the ladder if you're not in that leadership position it's actually talking to your manager or your leader and maybe suggesting things definitely and then actually doing that you know doing the work on your on yourself um and I think, you know, this is really where it starts. It's that 
conscious awareness yeah. of what is happening and what is playing out. And I think without some level of that personal development, we can just end mm-hmm. up in in a stream of thinking this is how it is. You know, there's and I a lot of the people I work with absolutely you know there's kind of a belief system works meant to be hard it's not meant to be enjoyable and it's meant to be a struggle and so you know often it's kind of breaking those belief systems and that conditioning and so if you're coming you know sort of coming at it with that um that impression yes yeah you can sometimes yeah. think yeah. well i'm stressed but this is how work is so you know some of the work I do is really around educating people that actually you can have a job (laughs) that you really like and you do enjoy um and you know really having some level of happiness yes it's not going to be a party every day you turn up at work admittedly but having some level of happiness and fulfillment and you know really kind of understanding what's the vision of success for you and having that to aim towards. And this is where, you know, again, it's all that kind of, that's personal development in itself. So then you can be assessing, you know, is this job bringing me happiness and fulfillment and success to me? Um, I think some of where the stresses can come in for individuals is the striving for a vision of success, which isn't necessarily the right vision of success for themselves. They're feeling that happiness is in the next, you know, pay increase, new job title, better office, um, and not really assessing that. So we can be driving ourselves, um, you know, into more stress and more unhappiness, keep aiming for that next job, that next pay rise, rather than actually taking a step back and doing that personal development where we kind of get to – you know, give it all a helicopter view and really assess it. Gives it, you know, that personal development to think is an opportunity to stop and take stock. Who are we? What do we want? Where are my my personal growth things, not my career growth um, necessarily yeah. um, outcomes? And really get that plan in place for the next stage of your career. And I think that's really important to do because we change mm, so much, mm. you know, from when we enter the work at 20 to even when we're 30 when we're 30 to 40 and yet often we, we're looking at that professional development what course do I need what more skills do I need rather than I think that the, the um, personal developments are very kind of take a step back and let's look at where we are who am I today what do I want I think it's um you know a really nice thing to do to get that chance to to reassess and keep planning your keep planning your future so what can we usefully say to people about the benefits for them in the short term of starting out on a path which involves their own development and growth? So how could I put this? So, I mean, I didn't really start on the personal development journey probably until I was turning 30. I kind of knew where I was and what I was doing wasn't right. I didn't know what was right and I didn't know how to find it. I thought, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. So I knew I wasn't happy. When I look back now and I kind of look at that time, I was actually just sleepwalking through life. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I can I can really identify with that, and it took a crisis in my life to get to to wake me up. And I had to have a few wake up calls, like I kind of you know delved down the path of personal development. I think now it's the beauty is kind of seeing life, understanding myself more, and how what I'm doing, who I'm being. Um, so first of all, who I'm being is influencing what I'm doing, which is creating the ability to have what I want to have. Mm, mm. Whereas previously, I was just wanting this new thing. I wanted the new job. I wanted the promotion, the pay rise, you know, whatever it was, but without actually changing what I was doing. And to change what I was doing, I had to change who I was, was being. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I know. I had to change some of the belief systems that I was running some of the stories I was telling myself so I then had to become consciously aware of that inner chatter you know and it's funny because I've heard from so many people I can't help how I think I was like that and then when I was actually you know I can help how I think I can wake up in a in you know every morning and I have a conscious choice of who I want to be and what I want to do today to actually impact that the outcome of my life I don't always get it right it's a constant work in progress and you know one thing I learned from kind of dipping in and then falling off the wagon and dipping back in again is this is a muscle you know we go to the gym we might achieve the six pack like if we stop going in the gym and we start eating bad food again that hard work's going to do going to go and it's kind of the same with our brain but for all of us, we're thriving for something, whatever it is, and we're wanting to grow. Um, I see a lot of people, and I was in you know, this camp, really frustrated that life wasn't giving me what I wanted. But I wasn't doing this, changing who I was being to change what I was doing. So I think you know, if I could talk to my younger self who was sleepwalking through life and said, you can have that life that you want but you're going to have to start changing some of what you're doing and to do that you're going to have to start changing who you're being initially it's going to seem like hard work but you're going to feel so much more content and being the the true version of yourself not the conditioned version or the version you think you should be and what I'm hearing is the theme that's coming out of this it seems to me is Start with yourself. I think you said it right at the beginning. Start with yourself. Start with willingness, awareness, curiosity about yourself. A lot of what is coming into us from the world and from the media about what we should be doing, where we should be going, is very much about things that are not ourselves. They're about, as you've said, the job, the career, the this, the that. So if we have that conversation with ourselves to start with, I know it's a bit difficult, you know, what is it I want in life? Because I don't know what I want in life. But if I have respect for myself and an understanding of my own consciousness, awareness and needs, then I can start to work out from there. But as you said, it takes a degree of courage to do that and persistence. Yeah. And then one of the exercises that I do a lot for myself and I, I do with, you know, when I'm coaching people, kind of vision into the future three, five or, you know, 10 years from now and often pick kind of a big birthday because they're quite poignant points in our life. And we think about, you know, how do we want to feel when we're standing in front of the mirror 
and we're turning, you know, whatever the big birthday might be. What's going to make us, you know, what's going to help us feel like that? What's the impact we want to have done with the work that we do? And, you know, and then it starts with, I think, when we're looking at this, who do I want to be? It is very much, how do I want to feel with what I do? Um, I, you know, listen and, and read a lot about Alan Watts, um, very old, famous philosopher, um, you know, that if your passion is around, say, horses or gardening, you know, and you really do that to the best of your ability, the money will kind of come rather than, you know, chasing the money. He has a very famous saying, it's all wretch and no vomit when we're living a life we don't want to live to, uh, you know, continue to live a life we don't want want to live. Um, so I think, um, you know, if people are kind of feeling that they're just going through the motions of life, like getting up, going to work, waiting for the weekends you know for me mm. the kind of um one of the the wake-up calls was just i'm waiting for the weekend like this is ridiculous we're spending five days a week at work to just wait for those two days off coming home sitting in front of the tv like mind just mindless of, of life um and it was like there's there's got to be kind of more to this and um you know, feeling that kind of that growth and, you know, not we don't always find our purpose, but I think the journey of exploring what our purpose is, is much more exciting than having no purpose and not being interested in it at all. Well, I'm I'm sad to say I totally agree, you know, because I'm still looking. I mean, honestly, I've kind of got an idea now of what what gives me a sense of value in my life. But I've just done loads of stuff and I've always enjoyed it. And it hasn't exactly been career oriented or programmed on my part. It was much later in life I learned to do that, probably only in the last 20 years that I've actually consciously made choices about where my life took me uh, because of the things I'd learned, but also because a lot of setbacks and a lot of mistakes that I'd made poor decisions not nothing dramatic but looking back on it yeah it's taking the learnings from that you know often it's those mistakes as I like to call them rather than mistakes it's those mistakes that you know if we can actually take the learning from that and go oh you know why was that a mistake one of the things that I do and, and help people do is really kind of build a bit of a daily or weekly journal just of key points because often it's not the whole day and everything that's happened that's really bad and really stressful. It's bits. It's maybe particular people we're dealing with. Like if we can really understand, you know, and again, this is this having this conscious awareness. This is all the, the personal development that builds into that bigger professional development. You know, we can go, actually, when I work on worked on that project, that was really stressful, but really pinpointing, well, what was it that was bringing stress? This is where this personal development comes in. It's getting more to that granular detail rather than we tend to go, oh, I just hate my job. I'm really stressed at the moment with everything in my job. But there will be moments that are less stressful. There will be moments that, you know, there's some joy and fun in it, but we've just kind of got to unpick. Yes, and that comes back to you were saying about, you know, it was a long time before you learnt in your life that you could actually change how mm -hmm. you think. One of the things that comes up in my work a lot as a solution-focused practitioner, you know, one of the one of the kind of uh, 
anchor points in solution-focused thinking is that you look for exceptions because the way the mind blanketly gives a blanket um, kind of interpretation of events and the thing you remember, oh, I've had a bad day. Well, actually, and then I say, so what were the high, spot, high spots of your bad day? What were the bits that were not bad? And when you actually break it down with people in terms of time, oh, well, um, yeah, well, it was okay when I got there. And, da, 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 da. and then it turns out it was one meeting for an hour or, or uh, some specific interaction. And actually, 80% of the day was pretty well okay. And 40% of it was actually brilliant. But of course, the mind has taken the negative experience as we perceived it at that time. So learning to, if you learn nothing else, I would say in life is learn to, as you've said, sort of break it down to a point where you say, well, actually, what was bugging me? Um, I made a, a joke a number of years ago in a in a training session I was running, um, but I still carry it with me and I sometimes put it out and it gets lots of likes on social media when I when I've done it. Is my I, I would tell people at the beginning of the session I say I've actually figured out how to sort out your life. I've figured out how to be happy. And of course, I hope that that would keep them paying attention till the end of the session. And then at the end of the session, I tell them and I say. It comes down to two questions, really. Find out what's bugging you and do something about it. It's flippant and it's lighthearted, but actually that's personal development in a nutshell in a way, isn't it? Yeah, and so you're going back to how would we sell it to, you know, how would I have sold it to my younger self to wake up? Don't let life bug you. Don't let life be a problem. Like, actually have control over your life by finding out what's bugging you and actually building the skills to be able to do something about it. We carry we carry the life skill with us for everything we need if we just develop it. Yeah, but it does make me think about kind of the advertising campaigns um, that are out there. And maybe I should tap up somebody in my network of, you know, creatives to come up with a concept of selling personal development because if you think we go out and we buy these products we buy the clothes the car because we want to feel better you know the advertising sells it if you buy that car you're going to feel you're going to look better so you're going to feel better so I would sell personal development that if you want to look better feel better and actually kind of be a better person delve into personal development (laughs) wow i think that's a great point to wind this up for today is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye if i can um a slightly shameless plug i do have a workbook it will be getting re-released in the new year to the 2023 version called the road to your best year yet and it's little tools and exercises to help kind of unpick some of what's going on, unpick what happened last year, look at the high points, look at the low points. What can I do to make next year better? Who can I be? What's some of that internal chatter that I need to reframe? A little freebie uh, workbook. So that'll be available from my website, yeah, in the new year. And that's available from your website? Yeah. Which is? AdeleLeah.com. That's with an H at the end of yeah. Leah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's brilliant. And I will put the link to the website in the episode notes as well. Thank you so much. Uh, you give me a lot of food for thought. I think one of the most powerful ideas that has come out of this is one you just had a couple of minutes ago, which is commission some of your creative 
contact to come up with something, a way of packaging personal development so that it sounds sexy and attractive because it's the one thing, uh, if, if we have to have an umbrella term, whatever you call it, it is going to get you through life and help you have the best life you can by preparing you, really, isn't it? By helping you prepare at least. Um, it's going to go on my list of maybe not things to do to achieve by the end of the year, but certainly for 2023, let's see if we can get a big ad campaign on personal development out there. <laughs> yes, great idea. Thanks a lot. And uh, see you soon. I'll, I'll rope. I'll rope you in. All the best. <laughs> Thank you. So that's it from me, Barry Winbow, and Adele Lear for this episode of Get a Better Handle on Life. And I hope you can join me in a later episode. I hope this has been useful. Please circulate it to your friends and loved ones. And for now, that's all from me. So over and out. Goodbye.